This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Hey, Moonbasians. Deej here, and we are doing a little special little thing for you here. Um, as you know, and this should be falling in the feed, between episodes 17 and 18, so between the last regular episode of the season and the big series finale, which is 18 and 19 together. While we've got you waiting for that, we wanted to do a little special. We're going to do a, like a bigger Q&A after um, the final episodes have aired, because I don't want you to ask things that are being answered there and so on. But I thought that I would spend a little bit of time and talk about the cast. Now, we thank our cast a lot. We mention our cast a lot. You get to see the credits in every episode and everything. But you might not know that, unless you're a big fan of audio fiction already, that a lot of our cast has their own projects that they produce or write or act in or all of the above, usually, because this is audio fiction and that's what we all do. Uh, Yeah. So I wanted to go through person by person and so that it's not too boring for you i have a co-host so let me bring to you an introduction for claudia elvidge who plays lark in our show and does quite a few other things that we'll talk about when we get to um claudia's listing oh hello there (laughs) yes it's me big audio drama nerd and also maker sometimes here to talk about audio drama well, that's what I figured, considering your um, extensive social media presence as a like fan, as well as a creator, <laughs> that there was no one better to discuss the field with. So yeah, um, we're just going to go through actor by actor and character by character and just give you some other stuff to listen to and some other things to look up in your a podcast app of choice. Although we are starting with the one and only Lehman Kessler who has appeared on a few other podcasts, but doesn't really have another podcast right now. So, for Lehman, who, of course, is the founder of The Feast, the like main voice in the show, there are some accounts on other social media to point to. First of all, of course, his long-running project as Ask Lovecraft on YouTube, which is actually finished now, so you have, oh god, there are hundreds if not a thousand (laughs) episodes out there (laughs) of him portraying hp lovecraft and answering all number of questions in the most outrageous ways so look for that ask lovecraft and on tiktok he has a pretty significant presence there as well where his username is mayor lovecraft he is also the mayor of a small town in in ohio gambier and he has a interesting little following there for some of these mysterious little posts that he does about weirdness in Ohio. And it's called always has been. So you can look for those. How many people do you think are learning just now that Lehman Kessler is also a mayor? That's a good question. (laughs) I think, I mean, nobody who follows him anywhere online, of course, but yeah, he is actually an actual mayor in an actual town. And yes, for all of you like Adventure Zone nerds, he also had a character named after him in a story arc there. 
because he like answered them on social media and this was back before he appeared in MTO or anything. So we get people every few weeks or so it feels like asking, is this the same Lehman Kessler as Adventure Zone? And it is. So now you know. Yeah. And that is Lehman. Our next actor in the list is our Alex. You can't go for Roger and not go for Alex that right next. Who is Gabriel Tnico? Gabriel Tnico is a um, voice actor and audio production specialist in Brazil. As such, I don't have a whole lot of projects to share with you. If you know Portuguese, um, poke me and <laughs> I might have a bit more for you. But if you look at our website, and for any of these, um, any of the people we're going to talk about, the links are also on our website. We have a MTO cast and crew page. And for each actor, we list um, their social media or whatever. So you can find them to like explore these options that we're giving you that way as well. But under Gabriel's name, we have a link to his SoundCloud, which should give you some interesting like little clips of stuff that he has recorded and or produced. He's just smooth and flawless. I mean, Tanika. Yeah, just... I gave that one a brief look over uh, when I was getting ready for this. And uh, the first recommended post on there is very funny and also very appropriate for this Pride Month. He's really great. And just like Tanika has just been, I'm going to babble a bit about the actors too as we go through. I skipped Lehman because I talk about him all the time, but Tanika <laughs> has just been such a joy to work with. He just obviously like this is his life, so he knows. Recording down to a T, but it's just we rarely need more than one take from him. Mm -hmm. He just slides in there and just gives us Alex flawlessly and... It's just always so wonderful. You know by now, because this is coming out after um, 17 and 8, well, 18 actually. No, 18, sorry. 17. <laughs> I'm losing track of episodes. You're fun. You know now after after episode 17 that he is away, that Alex is awake again. So you actually get to hear to Nico <laughs> a few more episodes before the very end. But yeah, you should definitely look his stuff up. Next on the list is Addy, Journey the Fond. Journey is just such a fucking master of so many things. Journey is a speaking professional, a um, activist of a dozen different types, and produces the show Whichever Path, which with um, their husband, Stephen, and we'll talk about it again some more with, with Stephen when we get Stephen's list, but on the name on the list, but um, Whichever Path is this. Lovely little, it sort of bounces back and forth between like horror and dark fantasy. And more importantly, it's also choose your own adventure. The listeners get to vote on what decisions the characters make and how that affects the story going forward. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. And I really don't know how they do it and how they put out a show regularly with that um, concept. Because... I mean, I'm I'm a little bit behind when I'm writing MTO. Like, I'm usually writing, like, seven or eight episodes down the line or something like that, at least this season. But I can't imagine, like, waiting for the audience response to know how you're going to tell the next part of your story. Yeah, I get that there are some writers that are pantsers just writing by the seat of their pants. They can go whichever way as the story goes. But, you know, just having not even the control over which way it's going exactly and having likely at the end hundreds of different possible outcomes based on all those decisions that's and you know doing that on a production schedule that's just impressive 
And you've got to sort of run into the the D and D the dungeon master thing too, where you prepare this like elegant I- idea, this elegant like plot moment that you never get to use because the audience makes a different choice. Yeah, because the, the people vote. Hey, no, we want to go talk to this funny goblin instead. So let's do that. <laughs> so yeah, you definitely need to listen to whichever path, and it has an awful lot of actors that you will find familiar from Moonbase, including yours truly in um, a season arc. A bunch of people you know will show up on that show, including um, MJ Bailey, who is the new addition to our cast that I'll be talking about at the end. Sorry, before we leave um, Journey, they also, I think they have a podcast associated with it too. This weekend, as we're recording, they're doing a festival of um, arts and um, activism called Decolonize and Discover, which you can look up as well. I'm, I know that there are some um, online portions of it and some things that I'm sure they're recording for future sharing wherever they share things. But yeah, the Decolonize and Discover does have a podcast associated with it as well. I can't remember off the top of my head if it's called the same thing or not, but I'm sure that'll be listed on um, all their social media. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the, under the same name. Yeah, I've been listening to that and it's pretty cool. It talks a lot about their past in their community, the activism they do, um, the festival itself and the purpose of it. So yeah, check that out. Next up is just, oh, my heart is Jen Ponton. Jen Ponton, who plays Tumnus, who plays herself in a couple of episodes, <laughs> who plays all of the new baby um, artificial consciousnesses that we've shared this season. Jen is just such a joy. Is just one of my best friends. Jen, I mean, there are podcasts, and we'll get to the podcasts too, but Jen is a film and television and theater actor who has been in just any number of things. You could have seen her in Dietland when that was on. She was in an episode of 30 Rock, a few other um, fairly big name things, but just a host of really cool like indie projects and things that she has written and produced. Right now, her most recent thing is there was a film broadcast put to get put all on TikTok called Caretaker that she's in. And I'll make sure that there are links to that. But it's also, of course, all over her social media as well. And it's easy to find. The TikTok account is Caretaker Film. And it's an entire little, I think it's like 90 second or one minute or two minutes clips. But there are like 50 of them or something. And it tells an entire movie length story over the course of that. Mm-hmm. And it's just really, really cool. So you can find that and you definitely need to watch that. Jen also has a podcast with her friend um, Lillian Bustle called All the Fucks, which is just sort of <laughs> like them talking about um, things they care about and things that are important to them. And they're both really interesting people. Um, Lillian is a burlesque artist and um, a theater professional in a bunch of other fields, I mean, ways as well. So they talk a lot about the arts and about how it feels to try to continue to be an artist when the world is literally on fire. You should definitely take a look for that. Next up, we come to Tina to Wilder. Ah, Tina Case, who I just can't imagine. Tina was the second, was the third, sorry, the third actor that I brought on Moonbase because the second was David S. Deer, who we'll be getting to next, and just has become probably the biggest like heart of this outside of Lehman. Tina is one of the co-producers of the show at this point, as well as Cass. Um, Tina has been in a couple of different episodes of Monkey Tales now, our anthology series. Probably will be in more, God knows, when I get back to doing that. (laughs) 
has been in a few other uh, – has made appearances on other shows, has been on David's show, Ninth World Journal, has been on Witches of the City, which is a fun little um, paranormal show that you should check out, is going to be in our next show, which I don't think we've actually officially announced at this point. <laughs> but Ooh, foreshadowing! <laughs> but our next show is going to be a – I hate to call it paranormal, but a little a monster. We'll call it a monster-focused show called Waiting for October. And Tina's going to be one of the leads in that. And right now, Tina is working on a video game project. It's kind of cool how many of our um, actors are doing video game stuff as well. And she is voicing an NPC in the game called Text Me Back. Has been sharing links to that all over her social media, so you can find it that way. But it's called Text Me Back. It's... A cool little, sorry, Tina gave me a, disc, a de- description of it. And of course, naturally, I didn't put that in my notes, but. Um, yeah, Tina, I was just going to say, is such a rock, both from the production side and as the voice of Wilder. Like, she just brings so much character to Wilder's performance. And, like, I can't imagine how this show would be running without her. And, you know, those things she's in, Monkey Tales, uh, I'm sure a lot of you have already. Heard it mentioned on this feed at some point, but if you haven't listened to that, go listen to that because, you know, it's just an anthology made with so much care about the things people care about and the things people think will bring people hope and make them feel comforted. And it's just a really sweet show. And I've got, and I found the stuff here. It's, um, her description was, she said, it's a story rich 3D adventure with a similar play style to Life is Strange, which everybody, I think most gamers know about. It's a pretty cool, um, you sort of wander around and try to solve, try to dig deeper into the mystery of the main character. So she's one of the NPCs in the game. Their social, their website and all of their social medias are play text me back. So it's play text me back.com or else play text me back on all of the social means. So you can find more information there. And we are already getting longer than I expected for this. <laughs> So let's jump to the next one, which is David S. Deer. David S. Deer, the very first actor I cast after Lehman because we needed Dr. Just for one of the bonus episodes in season one. Before he was Dr. Just, before he was just a random voice, and I thought, oh, we're never going to use that again. But how can you not use (laughs) David S. Deer once you have him working with you? So David is just a wonderful performer and a wonderful voice actor who you can hear in just about everything, honestly. (laughs) <laughs> but his show is Ninth World Journal, which is um, set in a role-playing world, set in the world of Numenera, which is sort of a far, far, far future um, tech and magic role-playing game. But the story that he tells is just like a completely original story set in that world and has been running for a number of seasons and just gets deeper and more interesting as it goes. And again, you'll hear an awful lot of familiar voices in there. Lehman um, was on there for a few episodes. I think Cass was on there for a bit. Tina has been in it. I was in it for a few episodes. Practically everyone when you get to it. I really love Ninth World Journal as like a serialized but still episodic adventure. Like there are some arcs that take a couple episodes and, you know, there's a whole overarching plot of this character just trying to get home, trying to get a hold of these strange powers he has but you know it's also you know much like a role-playing game you come to different places you explore them you solve problems and interact with the different characters as they come up and then you move on to the next thing which i think gives it a 
you know, fairly unique flavor amongst modern audio drama where things tend to have like bigger overarching serialized things or, you know, just anthology overall. So it has, I think, a real special place in the scene. Yeah, it really, really does. And I don't know anyone who has ever who has beat up their main character more than David either. <laughs> John Yue has gone through so much. Like you think that I do terrible things to my characters, but oh goodness. And um David also co-writes and co-produces the show Deconstructive Criticism, which is a really fun um comedy show. Um Talmanier is in that as well. Shannon Perry co-creates it and um Shannon, we're not going to be mentioning on this list because Shannon is was a guest voice, but Shannon does Oz9 and is one of my favorite people as well outside of um, MTO. So you should go listen to that too. But continuing on to another one of my favorite people in the entire world, Tozaman, Dr. Ashwini Ray. God, To is just, again, <laughs> just in so many things and the good part of so many things that that they're involved in, but <laughs> the two shows that they create and run themselves are Caravan and Rogue Runners. Caravan is a dark paranormal Western typed show. It's fucking incredible. I can't, you can't talk about Caravan without swearing, without swearing. So it is fucking incredible. And yeah. in some season, in some episodes, there's incredible fucking. So, I mean, yeah, on top of being an awesome supernatural Western, it's also just, you know, queer as hell and a little spicy at times and i think that also makes it stand out amongst the scene a little bit because you know there's some more mature stuff some erotica stuff but it doesn't tend to you know bleed over into the pg-13 and below kind of stuff so i yeah it does have that special place in the scene i think it's the only show in audio fiction I know of with a canonically fat main character, which is awesome. And like fat and brown, which is even cooler. And mm -hmm. that's just spectacular. The voice cast is absolutely top notch. Josh Rubino is in it, which is really great. Josh Rubino should be on this list as well. Josh did a guest guest bit on the show and is the partner of our Dr. Ringling, Dallas Wheatley. But just definitely shows up in everything and is just a classic voice as well. Pretty much the whole voice cast for that is amazing. But To's other show, which I'm sure they're working on the next season of right now, is Rogue Runners. Rogue Runners is just there has never been an actual play show like this. Like I just don't even know how they managed to do it. It's so it's like mm -hmm. you can hear that it is role playing and you can hear that the character that the actors are making choices. But other than that, it just feels like a scripted story the entire time. And Toe does every NPC, every like little like monster and character with just this wide and incredible variety of voices. And it's just it's set it's set in the world of the video game Hades. If you know Hades, and it's a really popular um, indie game, which is like it sounds set in the underworld, and you're trying to fight your way out. But just takes that and just deepens the mythology of it and deepens the backstory of it and just creates so much more than the source material. It's just an incredible story. Yeah. So while you're waiting for Hades 2 to come out, you've got Rogue Runners to tide you over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> keep jump going down the list. Our Dr. Saimon. Um, this list is in kind of an odd order, I suppose, but... It's in the order that my um, character spreadsheet is for the show. I have this massive spreadsheet that I use to keep track of everything. 
there's a tab for scripts being turned in, a tab for like contracts being signed, just tab after tab after tab. It takes so much work to run a show <laughs> of the size that ours has become. But yes, Dr. Simon, Shireen Lani Yunus. Shireen, I met, well, didn't meet. I became a fan of on her show, Ethnically Ambiguous, which is a nonfiction show. It's sort of like goes goes back and forth between interviewing people and just the two hosts, um, Shireen and Anna, just talking about um, stuff that's going on in the world from the point of view of they're both women with Middle Eastern, uh, like various Middle Eastern backgrounds and talking about how that ethnicity and that history at, um, just comes into their view of culture and their view of arts. And they talk to um, a number of people from like all sorts of backgrounds, just non like mainstream white folks about their work mm -hmm. and about their art and about their activism. And it's just a really incredible um, interview show and a really incredible show for anything. And so I became a fan of her from there and actually like reached out to her specifically to play Dr. Simon. But Shireen is also an indie film director and um, writer. Shireen writes poetry, has a second book of poetry that's out right now. That's really incredible. You should definitely just go and find her everywhere that she can be found. You can see her short films on her website, which is linked on our cast and crew page, and find her poetry books. She actually had a poem in our show as well. And definitely like listen to Ethnically, Ethnically Ambiguous. Um, the next one on the list is Jackson Cole Burkhart. Oh, God, Cole. Oh, just Cole. Wonderful. It Cole's is, amazing. It's just absolutely wonderful. And there were so many shows I could have picked to talk about because Cole has made, I think, seven or eight at this point, <laughs> it feels like. <laughs> but And they're in even more. Yeah, for sure. Like, Cole just appears in so many things, too. But the most recent ones are um, Null, Null and Void, which is shows up in, like, listings as Null slash Void. And Ritual Six. Yes. Yeah, Null and Void is sort of like this techno conspiracy. Yeah, very conspiracy type thing. And it's really, again, just really fascinating and really like deeply intriguing as it gets to, as it goes through the show. Ritual Six, I'm Ritual Six is um the pilot episode is out and it's uh, we already know that it's going to be a sort of time loop of the main character going through, I believe, the same day repeatedly, and it tends to end in their death. And it's all set in this very ominous, uncertain, culty background. Um, so there's a lot of mystery surrounding how all that gets started. But, you know, even recently, I've seen people on Tumblr asking for podcast recommendations about time loop stories. So I think this will be really interesting to see how it works out in the end. And I mean, anything Cole gets involved in is just like intricately like researched and plotted and designed and is always a joy to experience. You know, plus, plus they're also a uh, Nolan Void is uh, one season and done. It's a completed series. And I think think ritual six will be the same once it's completed so if you like stories that have begun and are completed then those will be good things to check out i always admire people who can do that just like one tight season because of course that's what i planned originally yeah. for Moonbase, and look what happened <laughs> yeah then it was like wait people want more of this i can do more with this world <laughs> next on our list is dr ringling dallas wheatley and i have um mentioned dallas a minute ago when i was talking about josh but Dallas is, again, like, you hear Dallas in 
so many shows across like the entire like range of the field. Dallas has been in a little bit of everything. His main show right now that he's creating is Fireside Folktales. Fireside Folktales is queer and deeply like more intriguing <laughs> versions of classic stories. Their first season was sort of um, had a like Hades Persephone kind of thing going for it. And I mm -hmm. think that I think the second season is Robin Hood, which is being produced right now yes. and should be out probably sometime before the end of the year. Dallas is doing pretty awesome things and also is going to have a part in our next show as well. Dr. Day, Sarah Ray Werner. I don't even know if I need to say anything about Sarah. Like, seriously, anyone who listens to this show knows Sarah and knows who she is and knows what she does probably more intricately than our show. <laughs> but Sarah, um, of course, is the brain and production talent and voice talent for the main character for Girl in Space, one of the like top audio fiction shows that you're likely to have listened to, especially if you're into sci-fi. It also does the um, writing-focused nonfiction show right now, which I don't know how many times I have been inspired or just felt comforted by listening to right now. It's just this very frank, very open discussion about how hard the process of creation is, how hard it is to keep yourself motivated and to continue to do the work that we do. I sincerely, if you create anything or even if you're just interested in how things are created... Yeah, I can confirm as also a creator, sometimes when the creating is hard, what helps the most is just hearing affirmation from someone else that creating is hard. And, you know, Girl in Space, probably one of the most iconic modern audio dramas in sci-fi. I don't need to say much about that, but I will say I do still have my hashtag no murdering tank top. <laughs> yeah, I think it was one of my first because... And I've told the story before in like different interviews for the show, but I started Moonbase before I actually started listening to audio fiction because I'm dumb like that. I just don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> but the first two shows I really listened to, I think, were Girl in Space and Greater Boston. They're still like big favorites of mine. Mm -hmm. Next on our list is Elisa Park, Nessa. Nessa, who still manages to pop up on the show once a season, despite having been dead since season one. <laughs> Nessa, who you keep finding new and creative ways to kill yes, in to our hearts. That knife. Does all sorts of stuff. Does um, like anime, does like dubs, does video game work. Um, like in, they're in my time at Portia. Portia? Is it Portia? I think. Um, which is a game that I have on my Steam library and I've never played. <laughs> but it's a very popular game. <laughs> um, has done a lot of other podcast work. The big one that I would throw out there is me and AU, which was just a wonderful, incredible little show about um, fandoms and about um, queer romance. And it's just incredible and just made me so happy. Yeah, Me and AU is one of my top all-time comfort audio dramas, even if sometimes it feels like a direct call-out, especially if you are a person who grew up with fandom <laughs> and with making friends online and having weird semi-online romances in your head with someone else and that sort of thing. And it's just like, it's just incredible. And it's Canadian, which makes it even better. And like it's all Canadian. All the best things in life, it's Canadian. 
Moving on to uh, Dr. Serrano, Hazel Stop. Hazel is another person who I listened to and reached out to directly to play a character when I kept, when I created Dr. Serrano. Hazel Stop and um, her partner do a series of different shows in a, in a connected universe called Shell. Um, the main show and my one of my favorite things is called Interference. Interference was at the same time a sort of vaguely RPG e like um, interfere like bring. RPG characters into our world. The main character is an orc. Oh, well, one of the main characters, the main character is human. And it's a romance and it's about like their universes colliding and it's just a really like fun and well created story. And then the their other main show is Land of Shell, which is an actual play set in the entire in the same universe. So Yeah, Interference is also so cute and so sweet. And if you like queer romances that start with yearning these two characters who obviously have feelings for each other and then you know are not able to be together immediately because of circumstances not because of the feelings but then they do get to be together and actually build on that relationship instead of just being like story over they're together it's it's very nice it is it's one of those things that's so satisfying when they finally like get together it's like it kind of reminds me and there's actually a crossover as well it kind of reminds me of love and luck in the way that just how happy i was and just how happy i was when the characters yeah i was yeah i was thinking of that too when i was thinking back on interference like they share a similar space in my brain and of course um the two main actors from love and luck play minor characters in interference so Yes, next is Harold McFett, Stephen LaFond, who unfortunately we're going to jump past pretty quickly because we already talked about Whichever Path, which <laughs> is um, his main show. But again, Stephen has just been wonderful to work with, and I like spent a lot of time working with him closely on the arc of um, Whichever Path that I acted in. And of course, Journey has always been um, has been a part of um, Moonbase for a while, for, for two full seasons. And so when I brought in McVett, when I decided I was going to bring in McVett for the final season, because we talk about him the entire show, I thought we had to at least like bring him in and have some fun with him. And so Stephen was the person I immediately asked and has really enjoyed taking him in a... You gotta love a character who exists mostly as an idea throughout most of the series, and then you finally actually get to see them, and they do not disappoint. I gave the the main character creation note I gave him when we were creating McVett was I made him watch a lot of videos of Steve Wozniak. <laughs> I said, this is the kind of nerd you are. <laughs> and we've had fun with that. Next on our list is Michelle. Michelle Langlois, Cass McPhee, co-producer of the show. And I'm spending so much time on our show that he doesn't have a lot of chance to work on anything else right now. <laughs> I feel so bad. I brought Cass in as... Um, an actor I've known Cass for a long time. Cass lives here in Toronto, and we have had mutual friends for a long time and have always sort of like known each other as like friend of a friend before that. And then he just auditioned when I put out the open audition for Michelle and did an amazing job. And how could I not be happy I made that choice? It was the first <laughs> co-producer I brought on, took over. When, when we lost our um, editor for this season – our sound designer just jumped in there and just offered to take that on as well and just has done an amazing job. <laughs> you could hear Cass a few times in, here and there and things was just in the um, season finale of Greater Boston, as a matter of fact. But Cass is and has acted in, in, in side questing as well, but it's written an episode of side questing this season that'll be coming up later in the season. 
which is really mm-hmm. awesome. Getting him, he's starting to get branch out and do like he's always done. Um, he's been a performer, a um, like improv actor, and a bunch of other things here in Toronto as well. But is starting to like tell like write some stories of his own, and that's really cool. He was also in uh, an interesting little sort of cybery show called Stick Shift Incorporated that has. I think ended at this point, but he had a fun little role in. He was like this voice of like an, a computer voice in it. And that was awesome. But yeah, and I think he's been on um, Ninth World Journal as well. I think everybody's been on Ninth World Journal. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, Cass is just incredible and I can't say enough good things about him. And anything that I work on, he's going to have a place if he wants it. Yep. We love Cass. And we go immediately from Michelle Langlois to Maria Langlois, who is the one and only Cat Blackard. Cat's um, Kat's main production outside of this in the audio fiction world is the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Hour, which is kind of what it says on the box. <laughs> it's a very like sort of paranormally mystery show. It has been running for a long time. It's got a very sort of like old-timey radio drama feel, but does that with like cool queer characters and cool like monsters and stuff. Lehman had a pretty big role in the most recent season. And um, right now is doing a sort of half fiction, half nonfiction show called mother. She wrote, which is about um, a series of video games called the earthbound series that Mm -hmm. has a pretty huge cult following. And the show is this really interesting, like combination of the first part of each episode is audio drama based on like the story of the show of the games. And then afterwards, like halfway through that'll cut out and then they'll just discuss that part of the show. Like, 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 like they're telling the actual story of the video game. Like they're not like, it's not like, um, Rogue Runners where they're like creating a story set in the world. They're telling the actual story, but they're dramatizing it. And it's just a really cool thing to listen to. And it's a really cool experiment. Yeah. I think that's one I'm interested to get into because, you know, even though I'm familiar with some parts of gaming culture, I don't actually play a lot of video games. I just tend to not have the patience for them when there's other things I could be doing. So, you know, hearing this both as like a partial adaptation of the game to get the story beats and then to learn more about the cultural impact of it, that seems like a really interesting idea. Yeah, it's been really cool to see them um, see her talk about that in particular because they spend a lot of time on the show talking about like the background of it and the like, universe that it exists in and the like impact that it had on the world at the time. So the next one on the list is Dr. On- Andy Kashup, which is Anjali Kunapanini, who again, you can hear on so many things across the entire world of um, audio <laughs> fiction, just so it shows up in all sorts of things. Does a lot of video game work as well. Um, when I think of stuff that I've heard um, Anjali on, I think of Clueless Stormfire, where um, she was on for a while. And of course, she was also, um, well, sorry, they were also one of the characters on Y2K, which Y2K is a good one to bring up, um, created by a Karen Heimdall, which is, who is another big friend of the show, featuring Robin Howell, and um, who, of course, you know from a bunch of things, but also Reception Bot and Moonbase. And just a bunch of other people who you would find familiar. And it's just a fun little show that is actually complete now. So you can hear all of that. So definitely look for Y2K and Cleo the Stormfire as well. Cleo the Stormfire as well, because Lizette Alvarez makes an appearance on Moonbase as well. And that was because I'm such a huge fan. (laughs) Yeah, those are both 
two really great shows. I know Kalila Stormfire was one of the first ones I listened to back in the day. And, you know, it's a show that feels like it has a similar trajectory as Moonbase Theta in that it starts with a very limited perspective on the events happening. It starts with mostly a single person narration, and then it grows with larger problems and bringing in more voices and more perspectives on how to handle these problems. Um, And it's also a a three season arc completed series. So if you want um, something similar to that, like a story that really builds on itself and on the concept of community and, um, solving your problems together uh, it's a really great show and then y2k was always interesting from the start because it was being released weekly i believe when it could um, yeah. across an entire year so there were 52 episodes in the first season released across 52 weeks and corresponding to the times that they were talking about so like the first episode was the first week of January and second episode was second week of January. And it was just like, you know, interesting to see a story like that developing in real time. And it was just so much fun too. It was like really like well-created. Obviously Curran had put a huge amount of um, time and heart into it. It was a hugely important project to her. And it just, again, just sort of like to have that entire arc come out, carry out, carried out over a year. I just can't imagine the work that went on behind the scenes to make that happen. Yeah, the amount of recording that they would have had to do in advance and then just continuous production either beforehand or across that year just to make sure everything was coming out on time. Um, Plus the series is, you know, very grounded in reality, slice of life, uh, addressing the um, issues of, you know, people that could be living on our world. So if you ever um, get burnt out on sci-fi or magic or that sort of thing it's just a nice thing to go to for a while uh next on my list is our medic keegan on a godfrey on a godfrey is another person who i had fallen in love with their show and reached out to them their um they created a show called glass letters which was a limited series um about it's sort of like there's this conceit that each like episode was a letter found in a bottle but it's just these but it's just these like really incredibly just deeply emotionally raw and just touching just sad lonely little letters and just so many characters that I couldn't get out of my head after I heard an episode and I just couldn't help but like ask them to become a part of my show as well yeah you love a show with a framing device especially one is where it's it's as specific as I moved to this island, but these letters and bottles keep showing up, but I guess I have to read them. Oh, darn, they're beautiful. <laughs> Next on our list is Risa Montañez, who plays Val Narvaez on our show. Risa is, again, one of those people that you hear in a huge number of things, Does um, has done voices for a bunch of the Bloody FM Network podcasts. Um, SCP, Mayfair Watcher Society is out right now. Some voices for the Kingery, which is like one of the biggest shows I've never listened to. <laughs> yeah, that's been running since I think 2007. I checked on it briefly. Yeah, 12 seasons since then. But yeah, Risa does that. Risa is very active on social media, talking about the process of voice acting and looking for work and making sure that you 
continue to be like respected by the people you're working for and keep your like heart intact. And it's all really great stuff to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Next on our list is another um, actor who entered about the same time as Risa, Alicia Atkins, who I think you know a little bit. Alicia. Yeah, Alicia is just so amazing. She's always been so eager and easy to work with. And I just love the heart and character she brings to her characters. Alicia, of course, played um, Cappy in your show, The Beacon, which mm-hmm. we need to mention at least probably five or six times in this list, really, but we'll mention it <laughs> now and then later when we get to you. Uh, and I'll probably the show they're best known for other than that, he, that she's best known for other than that is Copper Heart. Copper Heart is another really like intricately designed um, sci-fi show. It's more of a... Um, not really post-apocalyptic. It's sort of mid-apocalyptic. Yeah, it's like we're waiting for the apocalypse to be post before we come out of this bunker. But it's really cool, and um, Robin has a big part in that too again, Robin Howell. But Alicia just... I think that was really the reason that I cast her as um, Trina, because it's sort of the it's, it's sort of a similar, like, hard-as-nails character, but with... Um, and Trina has obviously like got more of a like softer side to her, but mm-hmm. Alicia just can do anything. It just seems like just really has this incredible range. Yeah. <laughs> now we're back up to Elena, Leslie Gideon. Leslie again is someone you hear across all sorts of things. Leslie's on greater Boston. Leslie is just shows up in all sorts of things, but um, looking at her own shows, the two most recent um, things that she's created was The Path Down. The Path Down is sort of a um, college-age, slightly people-with-powers story, but it's really more about like the relationships than anything else. And just finished Hallway to Nowhere, which is a really interesting little um, horror experiment. Yeah, and, it, and it's a microfiction, so I think it's... Less than 10 episodes. All the episodes, I think, are less than 10 minutes long. So if you want a very quick um, listen to something um, that just really puts you through the ringer with this character, it feels like sometimes it's a really great show. Yeah, Leslie's always just amazing. Neshwa is next on our list. Our Neshwa is Dahlia Ramahi. Dahlia, um... Hasn't done a lot of audio fiction yet, but has done audiobooks and narration, has done games like um, did a voice for Zombies Run, which everyone in the world knows about at this point. A, I think it's a mobile game called Smite Battleground of the Gods. And just, again, you should really go check out her site and listen to her reels because just has this amazing like range of stuff that she can do, including Arabic, which was very important to our show. Like It was hard to find... Um, people within this space who who I already like had any like way to reach out to who could speak Arabic. So we did general calls specifically looking for that and just found some mm-hmm. really incredible people for the um NAC and the Palestine storylines and Dahlia has just been a joy to work with and just got really like invested in the show as well. Mm-hmm. And speaking of people who are a joy to work with and got invested in the show, Anum, <laughs> Robin Regalado. Robin is just just brought so much to that character and just loved being a part of this so much and just has been an absolute joy. I can't wait for you to hear the um, bonus episode for the end of the show, the end of the show, which was completely unplanned in like my overall (laughs) 
plotting, <laughs> but then was chosen by one of our backers on the crowdfunding and just has been a joy to like deepen that story. And it's going to be really fun for you to listen to. Robin um, also had a really nice part on Desperado. Desperado yeah. is a really great show anyway, and you should be listening to that. Desperado is like the <laughs> the much bloodier version of any of the paranormal stuff we talked about before up to now it's like more like gods and like yeah it's uh three gods of death on a boat together and they're going off to kill the big man in the sky aka god and good for them and it's just an incredible it's an incredible experience in its own they have um such a unique narration for it where the three main characters, they sort of round Robin uh, describe the things they experience together yeah. or on their own, but they're also in the same space in current time as they're narrating it. So they uh, just, you know, sort of argue about what exactly happened <laughs> sometimes or their interpretations of it, or they dunk on each other for their bad interpretations or bad decisions. And it's, a really incredible show and especially in second season uh, the way the um, fight scenes are sound designed are just absolutely incredible it's a great listening experience so much of it so much of the parts where they're telling those stories is, is done in monologue and I you know I love a good monologue but <laughs> it's even more fun when you've got like other people there making snarky little comments about it while they're trying to monologue so <laughs> Next on our list, as we're going through the NAC storyline, it seems like right now, is Nima, <laughs> Serena Rahal. Serena has just been such a joy to create the story with. Serena is really the reason why I felt like I could tell part of the story in Palestine. It's so important to me. Um, Serena is Palestinian-Canadian and gave me so much assistance and research, gave me so much input on what made sense to talk about and what didn't. Of course, did our translations into Arabic for the show, and Nima is just such a great character, too. So <laughs> has just been a huge part of this season. <laughs> and their other project right now is Signed Venus. Coming back soon, I have been assured. And Signed Venus is a really cool... Um, it's set up as a travel serial, but it's about them um, traveling to find this this author that they're big, they're big fans of. And like this, like the background of this, like author, this, this travel writer who the, the main characters are following around, trying to like learn their story and trying to sort of like work out the mystery behind them. And it's just a really just beautifully like fun show about like these two friends traveling around together and trying to like ferret out exactly what happened to this person. And yeah, it's a show that has so many elements. I love specifically in shows, it's like a young adult setting out into the world on their own for the first time, finding out the way the world works and finding out things about themselves. Um, it's looking for your own heroes and learning that heroes may not all be all you build them up to be in your mind. And it's also a travelogue show, which is something I'm really fond of. Just getting to see characters in different locales, um, finding little things that are beautiful or things that are ugly about these places and just experiencing life in different ways. 
Next on our list is Elio, who sort of made their way into the uh, made her way into the NEC storyline this season. Elio is played by Becca Marcus. Becca Marcus is another person who shows up here and there in a lot of things. The main show I think I've heard them in recently is The Way We Haunt Now, which is a really like touching, um, very ghosty audio drama. Yeah, I. It's just different perspectives on being a ghost and the afterlife and just the way that both the afterlife is not all either eternal suffering or all your problems solved forever based on the perspective of society of what your problems are. Like um, there is a ghostly character who still uses their mobility aids in the afterlife because you know, they had those for most of their life. So why wouldn't they still want to use them in the afterlife just because they're a ghost? It's an important part of who they are both in life and in death. And it just has some unique relationships between the living and the dead. And also just these funny asides with the college characters who just keep trying to get into the ghost fighting business, but just don't quite have a handle on it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it just com- combines a lot of different things. Um, really like touching emotional storytelling and comedy and like some fun, like solid paranormal stuff too. And it's just a really nice little show. The amusingly named Free Folk One, because I don't always name my characters, <laughs> is, but it's about the fact that they've been on the show for, I think, two full seasons now, is played by Tal Manier. Talmanir, um, I could spend like the next hour listing Tal's shows. Yeah, Talmanir, who has been in everything. Tal also did an episode <laughs> of uh, Monkey Tales with me, which was a lot of fun. And I have written with Tal before. I've wrote an episode of Side Questing, wrote the Side Questing crossover that we did in our holiday special, um, wrote an episode of Someone Dies in This Elevator for them. But <laughs> without making this all about me, Tal's main show has always <laughs> been side questing. Side questing is the gentlest and most lovely like fantasy podcast you'll ever listen to, despite the fact it delves into science fiction later on as well. And <laughs> is just this wonderful little like sort of story of the of the week or the month thing where very rarely is there an ongoing storyline, but it all sort of just ties together of this um non-binary character named Ryan who is just going around trying to help people. Yeah. It's like all the comforting bits of adventures that you don't always get to see in big fantasy things. Like fantasy can be either very grim, dark or very epic and dramatic, but both of them tend to be focused on the big moments of these characters, but side questing focuses on the little things because that's how the character wants to live their life and just thinking of it in my mind it reminds me of when i started playing um Mm -hmm. breath of the wild um because you know that's got your traditional heroic story you save the kingdom fight the big bad all that but when i started playing it most of what i wanted to do was like collect apples and make food and chase down horses to ride and catch chickens (laughs) and all that. So, you know, (laughs) it's just those little bits of life with a little extra fantasy to them. 
And um, Someone Dies in This Elevator is, again, an anthology that is exactly what's shown on the, listed on the box. In every episode, the conceit of the show is there has to be an elevator and someone has to die in it. Wow, but spoilers. But happens in like, increasingly interesting ways over the course of the show. Mm-hmm. And right now, um, they're doing possibly the most massive sound design project in the audio fiction space as the main <laughs> sound designer for Redracula which is telling the entire (laughs) Dracula story in like little, like 20 minute or so pieces, 15 or 20 minute pieces over the course of, I guess, however long it's going to take them to tell that story. Yeah. Except I saw someone on Tumblr doing calculations about how long some of the biggest chapters would be like comparing word count in this Dracula day versus this Dracula day and some of the episodes it seems are going to wind up being hours long it's entirely possible (laughs) so some of them are like 48 seconds and some of them down the line for like the big days could be (laughs) several hours so good luck to them on that if you liked the Dracula daily craze of um, last year but have trouble keeping up with um, reading things yourselves, uh, then just subscribe to Read Dracula and get it read to you every day. All right, I need to start going through these a little quicker. Um, we are <laughs> down after Free Folk One. We have the amusingly named Techno One, another person I didn't expect to bring back, but then wanted to. Played by my friend Tom Zalatni. Um, Tom is um, lives in Montreal and is a big role playing person, um, a big foodie. And the and their two shows reflect that. Their main show, well, now it's now coming to an end, unfortunately, because it was too huge to produce. But Natural Toonie, Natural Toonie <laughs> is possibly my favorite um, actual play show after Roadrunners or maybe in Tide with Roadrunners. Natural Toonie is a Canadian fantasy <laughs> role-playing game. So it's still very <laughs> D&D, but it's very D&D with a very Canadian flavor set in a fantasy version of Canada. <laughs> and was just just my absolute favorite thing. And again, this was someone who <laughs> I just loved so much from what they'd created that I wanted him to wanted them to join the show. They um, narrated an episode of Monkey Tales for me as well. And the main show that they actually produce constantly right now is with their partner Teffer. They do a show called No Bad Food, which is a food podcast. Just sort of digs deep into like the history of a certain food stuff or a certain for certain food story, or maybe like sometimes they talk about movies that are focused on food, but just have managed to like keep that going for an absurdly long time, and it's just fascinating and enchanting to listen <laughs> to every time. Sometimes you listen to shows just because the people are fun to listen to, even if like sometimes I don't care. Sometimes they're talking about some aspect of food that I have no real interest in. Um, despite the fact that I'm obviously a big fan of food too, but it's just so much fun to listen to them talk about it. Yeah, sometimes it's just fun conversations with people you like, regardless of what they're talking about. So Tom is awesome, and you should definitely listen to No Bad Food. Next is Monica Shade Oyamakinoa. Shade is just wonderful, and I can't imagine anyone else doing the voice of Monica now. Shade is on. Um, Shade's done a voice on In Between, right? Was that the one that? I do believe so. Yes, I think so. Yeah, but um, the main show is called "Come On In, The Water's Fine," which is this mermaid anthology show that is just these like lilting, poetic, just hauntingly beautiful monologues 
and you really have to hear it. You just, I just, there's no real way to describe it because um, each season changes things. I think in the next season, they're going to be in space. Mm-hmm. We're going to hear space mermaids. But Sade is just wonderful person to, cre- to work with, a wonderful creator. Come on in, the water's fine. You can also check their website and get on their mailing list. They write poetry, um, prose fiction, and you just, you really want to hear like everything that they're creating. Yeah, come on in, the water's fine is so sweet and soothing and, you know, such a specific topic, just mermaid fiction, but you love it. And like, you know, if mermaids are your thing, then boy, do we have an audio drama for you. Next on our list is our reception bot, Robin Howell. Now, I had three shows written down on my list for Robin, <laughs> two of which we've already talked about in, in at length, Y2K and Copperheart. But the other one is the show they created themselves, Saren. And Saren is just this heart-wrenchingly beautiful, just sci-fi drama about this, again, non-binary character who is escaping into space, has been thrown out of their community and their people, and is just overwhelmed by the situation they're in and just trying to figure out what they're going to do with their lives and how they're going to get past all of this. And it's just so raw and so touching and so beautifully written. Both main roles are acted by Robin. There are a few um, guest voices here or there, but it's almost completely just them. And it's just one of the most touching things I've ever heard in audio drama. And one of the other uh, voices they do for that is in fact an AI. So if you're one of the people who really loves AI in audio drama and really empathizes with them, um, you get to hear a bit about how um, the AI, AI on their ship Pearl was even um, even how they were damaged by this um, society that cast Saren out too. So um, another thing out there for the AI lovers among your crowd. Next up is Officer Daniels, Christy Bolton. Christy can be heard in all sorts of things and all sorts of places around me because she's a very talented and very successful um, improv and regular actor in Hamilton and Toronto. But in the audio fiction circle, you're mostly going to know her from Civilized. Civilized is... (laughs) I still don't understand how they do this. I don't understand how Sean does this with all of his shows. But Civilized is an improvised sci-fi audio drama. Mm-hmm. They go in there with a very vague like idea of the plot and the actors who are all like um like improv actors from the area like they're all they do this but still just imagining like what it must be like to create an edit. But Civilized is just this really like fun wonderful um it's kind of interesting because um the other like shows of the, of the same sort that like Sean works on have sort of become deeper and more emotional as you go on and you get more invested in them. Civilized is kind of at that point now where you're starting to get more invested in the characters. Like mm-hmm. the earlier seasons were more sort of slapstick and more sort of like, um, antics, odd couples yeah, living yeah, together, of, except yeah. it's on a planet they're trying to colonize. It was still more situation focused, but then they have gotten deeper into like the pain of the situation and everything as they go on. The idea is that, um, the main characters are stranded on um, a fairly barren planet, a planet that they have no real way to like get off of. And anytime something happens to them, there are like not really stasis pods. They're like revival type pods where if they die anywhere out on the planet, they are immediately like recreated back at the base. Mm-hmm. 
So you also get to hear these characters die in some truly horrible ways, especially early on. And that's one of the ways that like things have deepened too, because they've had to sort of deal with that. They've had to deal with like seeing their own dead bodies. They've had to deal with um, like sort of knowing that this is just going to keep happening to them. And you can feel how that's sort of like worn on them over the course Mm -hmm. of the seasons. (laughs) And just the character development is really interesting. And Christy as well does voices for Mars fall, which I'm surprised hasn't shown up on my witness list before this talking about somebody because Mars Fall is one of the other, like, sort of, like, juggernauts in the sci-fi audio fiction circles. Yeah, Mars Fall is one of those shows I can't entirely get into, not because it's bad, because, but because it's, like, too good at what it's trying to do. Oh, like, that's fair. Like, sort of survival drama show, and they're done well, uh, just stress me out to listen to consistently, and Mars Fall is just, like... These characters are in so much peril and the stakes feel so high. So if you want a high drama, very well-written characters, a very interesting AI character, and especially that I know. Possibly the best AI development that I've ever heard Mm -hmm. in any form of fiction. Yeah, Mars Fall is incredible sci-fi. And now we're up to Lark. Lark is played by Mix Claudia Elvidge. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to let you talk about your shows instead of, like, telling people about them, since you're here. <laughs> uh, so, uh, the first major project I did in the audio, audio drama scene is The Beacon, um, which is a uh, it's set in college. Uh, it's very people with powers, um, discovering the power they have. Uh, like, the main character has fire powers, and... um gradually growing control over how well she can actually use them (laughs) somewhat somewhat (laughs) and a lot of yeah and a lot of anxiety to match and just like trying to deal with that in the face of a world that keeps throwing problems at her um including other people with powers and whether they want to use them for good or not and just doing that and also being a college student it's just yeah, a lot of what I was feeling as a young adult in just trying to do something with the world. Yeah, and it really like brings that across really well. I mean, that was my obsession with that show was why like we sort of became social media friends and then eventually mm-hmm. I asked you to do this as it was because I was one of the like biggest beacon <laughs> fanboys out on the social media. <laughs> yeah, the fun thing about being an audio drama creator is that like Eventually, even if you're not actively auditioning for things, sometimes people just ask you to be in things. Like, (laughs) I don't think I've auditioned for, like, half of the roles I wound up doing in audio drama. And so it's like, sometimes, yeah, I'm just going to be a cybernetic prosthetist today. (laughs) Tweet, tweet. But speaking of other shows where, like, other audio drama creators have been brought in... (laughs) dot 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 uh yeah my uh current show um is called starfall and the brief description of that is it's a uh it's a show about a magical traveling acting troupe that uses illusion magic to bring their shows together it's set in this very uh fantastical world that's also uh actively uh clashing with 
the capitalism and the empire it lives under. And there's also a um, main character who has a mysterious past and a very big sword and fights <laughs> danger for this acting troupe. And it's just about everyone's favorite, like, big cinnamon roll in the entire audio <laughs> fiction community. Yeah, and I could probably point to about, like, half a dozen other people on this list of actors who have been in Starfall because I was like, oh, yeah, I love that voice. And I think probably some of them, even I, I was probably even thinking of them when I was starting to cast the roles because... You know, I just got a lot of feel for the character voices they could do based on Moonbase Theta. And so they're very interconnected in that way. <clears throat> I am in the show. <laughs> yes. Yes, a very important role. A very, very key role. <laughs> but no, Starfall is amazing. Like, I, it's an idea that, like, once you hear it, it seems so obvious like oh yeah that's gonna be an amazing story but i can't imagine anyone creating it but you so yeah the whole thing about you know basically using illusions to tell story within another story was probably actually the first idea i'd had for an audio drama um but when i originally started writing that back as something completely different in like 2017 or whatever i was like I don't know how to format this or how I would sound design it or how this would even work. So it took me a couple of years of like working on other stuff and being in the scene before I was like, Oh, this is how I would do it. And so now it's just like this big collection of tropes and stories and voice actors that I love all rolled into this, you know, little traveling acting troupe. <laughs> But it's so fun and it's so lovely and I can't wait to be in it again. So make sure that, you know, a certain yep. someone shows up. <laughs> um, yeah. Next on our list is our Enclave announcer, Evan Tess Murray. Evan just shows up everywhere as well. Mm -hmm. Evan is just one of those people who is just so like busy with life that I don't know how they manage to tell stories on top of it, but still does. Main, main show is This Planet Needs a Name which sort of was somewhat inspired by conversations that I had. Well, not the show wasn't inspired, but producing it was inspired by conversations that we had during pod tales. Um, Evan came up and had long like talks with me about audio fiction. And that was just so awesome. And then came out with the show like six months later or something. And this planet needs a name is this really like touching, very personal audio drama about, um, relationships about trying to create a new it's it you, if you like them like the more sustainable like interest like happy ep aspects of moon maze which there aren't that many but <laughs> then you would see a lot of resonance in planet needs a name it's very hope punk it's very um like there are definitely some harder more difficult issues they talk about too but it's a very like loving hopeful intriguingly positive look at developing a new civilization on a new planet yeah, it honestly feels for me kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum of Marsfall of comforting instead of just absolute terror and uncertainty at the um, issues you are facing. It's definitely designed to be comforting to um, 
the listeners and the characters. And it's also, um, I believe, very collaboratively created. Yeah. Like all the uh, voice actors are um, partially responsible for building the characters that, you know, reflect their identities and their views and how they would handle this situation. So, you know, it's something that's very much built together by that community. Yeah. And you can tell when you, you can tell when you listen to it too, but you can tell when you look, look at any part of it, like they have probably the most active audio fiction discord I've ever seen. (laughs) Just just a huge like bunch of really invested fans and like friends of the show and all of the actors are really invested in their characters. And it's just something that like, I definitely want to try to do more with my work as well. Another show you should definitely listen to that Evan co-created is Lighthearts, um, co-created with Tal, we mentioned already, and Caroline Minx. Caro is, again, one of those voices you hear in everything. Lighthearts, I mostly want you to listen to. It's a um, sort of, like, vaguely supernatural um, sort of found family drama. But the main reason I want you to listen to it is to tell them that they need to keep making more episodes because I wrote a spec script for them that hasn't been produced. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a fun little show as well. Danielle Ellett, our Barnett Bell. Danny is just absolutely wonderful. And Barnett Bell has been such a huge part of pulling this season together. You've heard her in every episode and will continue to. Um, Danny is works with um, her husband as producers and directs and acts episodes on good point shows like the one stars, the subjective truth. Um, Their most recent, their current show is two flat earthers kidnap a Freemason, which all of those are pretty (laughs) much as odd as they sound and are really cool. Um, Subjective truth is a very like sort of um, wild um, rumors, wild, like, um, this really like the story about this person who mysteriously disappears and um, weird, like sort of semi paranormal stuff in it, but not really. It's just sort of like, um, damn it. I've lost the, I'm not even going to try to put this together. Two flat earthers kidnap a Freemason <laughs> is exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> and it's just <laughs> freaking hilarious. And just has like all of the conspiracy theories and all of the like secret society stories that you could possibly imagine all tied up in that story. The One Stars is sort of also what it sounds like. The One Stars is more of an anthology thing where it's just a bunch of like reviews <laughs> of various things and various like stuff. And they've gone out of their way to like carry that conceit through into the reviews of the show <laughs> where, where people have played along really nicely and given them a lot of really like amusing one star reviews in all of the podcast apps and so on. But, um, Danny acts in a lot of interesting shows as well. Danny is in um, Cheka, which is the show that um, Karen Heimdall did after Y2K. It's a science fiction show, which is also partially based on the moon and also partially based on a moon base. So <laughs> there's good reasons there. It's also very poetic. There's poetry woven through it. It's honestly, if you listen to Moonbase, you have, you should listen to Cheka. There's no question about that. And then also uh, Mar- Margaritas and Donuts. Um, so I will fully admit that there were some items on this list I wasn't familiar with either because I just hadn't come across them yet, or they'd been on my to listen list for a while. Um, margaritas and donuts was one of that, one of those that I'd heard about, but just hadn't gotten into yet. Um, so I wanted to listen to at least the first episode so I could have kind of a feel for it. And then I just 
had to listen to every single episode <laughs> after that because you know first of all it's a, a relatively short show well, i think it's only six episodes there's also a supercut of all the episodes if you want, just want to go through that i think the runtime is only about two hours long and it's a very grounded heartfelt um sort of rom-com and it just the relationships between the lead and her love interest feel very grounded like they have very real issues they need to address between them before they can like be together together and they actually you know address and resolve those instead of just kind of dealing with their own things separately and then coming together at the end which is one of my pet peeves with romance when they don't actually address why they had to like break up or be apart in the first place it's a really well produced show great voice acting and very satisfying ending i'd Absolutely. say Absolutely. no i love that show i'm glad that that got you into it okay we have been at this for quite a while now but we've only got a few names less left um slipstream who had glory duda who had to do so much acting with me this season so i feel bad for them um, Glory has done bits and pieces on other shows as well and created the show Ibby, which only had a few episodes come out, but I'm hoping um, they'll get back to eventually. Ibby is a really cool um, sci-fi audio drama about AI, evil corporations. I mean, you know, it's, again, going to feel very familiar to Moonbase people. There's some really interesting, like, different AI voices and different AI um, backgrounds in it, which is kind of cool. and. Glory did some great work on it, so definitely check that out. Payload, who you haven't heard since the beginning of the episode for some <laughs> season for some reason. For some reason, the beginning <laughs> of the season is the last time you heard Payload. But um, Philomena, Mina Sherwood, who, again, um, I'm just going to say Mina was one of the people behind me and AU. Yeah, the other half of the main couple in that show. Again, just sort of like a wonderful, wonderful show and just... So much fun to listen to them together. Jumping on to Ursula Francisco, who only appeared three or four times, but is one of my favorite people, Becky Stirrup. Becky does a wonderful, wonderful show called Diary of a Space Archivist. And you really need to just go, just don't even, I don't even need to tell you anything about it. Just go open your podcast app right now, type in Diary of a Space Archivist and listen to it right away. Um, it's a hilarious little um, sci-fi comedy. It's Obviously, like, British humor inspired without being, like, too, like, traditionally British humor. Like, you can sort of feel the, like, Monty Python, Douglas Adams-esque behind it, but it doesn't, like, play to that too much anymore. But it's just really got a wonderful sense mm -hmm. of humor, and it's really touching, and it's got, like, probably the cutest little um, alien character in the history of audio fiction. Thinking about that now. And again, that was the reason why I asked Becky to be a part of the show. And gave her a character that I thought would play to those same skills. <laughs> yeah, you're you're listening to audio drama. You you love space. You probably love archivist too. Go listen to this. <laughs> We're almost at the end here. Next episode, you haven't gotten to hear them yet, but next episode, MJ <laughs> Bailey joins the cast. MJ Bailey will be in the series finale, both parts as a character to be named later. Actually, the character isn't named later. <laughs> it comes down to it. But a character you will find out more about later. And um, MJ Bailey is 
again, sort of like a minor legend in this field. Incredibly prolific. MJ just creates like a host of intriguing, really personal, um, touch like important audio dramas, Aisha Online, Oracle of Dusk, which are both sort of like intertwined um, about um, internet communities and internet relationships. Um, the Mountain's Heart, which is a very personal like um, background story that I think very much follows like MJ's own like background and story. There are just a host of things. If you, again, just go to, just look for MJ Bailey anywhere that they can be found and just listen to every show that they've ever done. It's just incredible work. They did a really fun um, part in the la- one of the last storylines for Which Era Path as well, which is the other thing that I've sort of heard them on. And it was cool to hear them outside of their own work as well. But really, just MJ just creates these really important intricate stories of the, of of her own and you should just go and listen to that and before we close this out because we're getting close to closing this out after what has it been like an hour and a half or something yeah just about. um there are a few members of our cast who i asked and begged to tell me what else they're working <laughs> on and didn't really have anything to give me at the moment but just to say hi and say thank them anyway teddy hannah drullard who played medic pacey throughout the show and has just been like so much fun. Teddy is the best person to like have in a rehearsal session is <laughs> just a constant joy to like hang out with and just talk, tell, tell jokes with and has done a really great job. Namia Wynn who played Zhang and Zhang. Um, I think you've heard it by now. The really great Zhang moment. I think it's in 17 where um, he like sort of like launches himself at Maria <laughs> in 16 or 17. <laughs> And just sort of like it's the culmination of everything for Zhang. And that's fun. Like Namio is a voice actor as well. And you can find more information on like his social media. Um, Corey Sproul, who plays Steven in the NAC scenes, has done a little bit of um, other voiceover work, but not a ton of audio drama yet. And that obviously should change. You should all like consider giving him work. But you can find more information on his website, which is linked on our um, cast and crew page. So again, go to our cast and crew page. You can find information on every one of these people and what they do and what they have done and just follow them and listen to them and find them. And I've been your host, DJ Silvis, and I produce Moonbase Theta Out, which you might have heard of. <laughs> and um, Yeah, once or twice. Yeah. Monkey Tales occasionally, although Monkey Tales is kind of dormant at the moment. It's surprisingly hard to work on a second show when <laughs> you're in the way the final season of Moonbase has turned out. And starting to develop, again, this new show that will be coming in the future called Waiting for October. So I can't tell you too much more about that yet, but keep the name in your in your head. I'm going to jump into the outro in a second here, but Claudia, did you have anything else you wanted to add or anybody else you wanted to plug or any shows we haven't mentioned that these people are involved in that you really think that we should? If you want to see more audio drama ramblings from me, if you haven't gotten enough of it in the past, hour and a half here you can always follow me on um f yeah audio drama on tumblr where i um yell a lot about shows like pasathea powder fox and stallion <laughs> kingmaker histories and you know all the things i really love right now yeah pasathea powder didn't show up in this um list mostly because the main person who has crossed over from moon base into that is just me <laughs> but <laughs> um pasathea is one of my 
favorite shows that just finished. I've plugged it in the end credits of Moonbase several times and will keep doing so. So you really have to go listen to that. But yeah, if we, if we start talking about like all the shows that I want you to listen to, it'll be another hour. <laughs> yeah, save it for the blog. But yeah, so this was just sort of, I hope that some of this has been entertaining or interesting to listen to. I hope it's given you a list of new shows to check out. We will be back two weeks from when you hear this to begin the two-part massive series finale. Each episode is at least an hour. Massive series finale for Moonbase, where every storyline gets tied up, sort of, and every character gets the end of their story, sort of. Sort of. Sort of. (laughs) And then, so that's two huge episodes, and then there's an epilogue after that. There are four bonus episodes after that, but we are so close to the end of the show that I can't even, you know, handle it right now. <laughs> so, yeah, it, so it's please, still hard to process that it is. The show has built up to so much over the course of its run, and the fact that it'll soon, soon-ish be over, it's still, you know, it's one of those shows I've always looked forward to coming back each season and one of the ones I keep up with most consistently. So the fact that it's ending, it's, it's really something. I'm glad that you are invested because I've definitely felt like that about your shows. <laughs> so yeah, um, we're going to be getting to the end of that soon. I also wanted to mention, um, I never mentioned on the show, our Patreon, which our Patreon community is really important to the show. I mean, we do crowdfunding campaigns for the individual seasons, but the day-to-day, the extra stuff, the bonuses are really paid for by our Patreon backers, and we try to give them a lot of special stuff. Patreon backers get early access to the episodes. They're getting commentary tracks now. We've done commentary tracks on Season 1, Episodes 1 and 20, and Season 3, Episode 1. We're going to keep doing some of those when we get a chance, just talking about what went into creating the show. I'm starting to tease out stuff to our Patreon backers about what this next show is going to be like. And they're going to get a first view very soon of the big cast surprise that I've been like talking about for a while. I had um, a special poster commissioned for the cast, and Aww. and I have like already thought it was created by um, by Peter Chikowsky, the same artist who did our cover art, and it is like full poster sized. It's beautiful. I've already printed out copies to mail to all of the cast with a little thank you card that we've made up to. And we're going to be doing, at the time you hear this, we should be doing a giveaway at the same time so that a few of our fans can get a copy of that poster as well. So please check our social media and find information about the giveaway. I'm not exactly sure how it's going to be handled yet. It may be like a rate and review kind of thing because it's always fun to get more eyes on the show when you hit the finale. But regardless, we're going to be doing giveaways, so you will have a chance to get one of those for yourself. So please, thank you very much for being a part of this, for listening, for enjoying the show, for talking it up, for just being a part of our little moon thing. And I'm going to have a bunch more to say in other episodes, and we're going to do a huge Q&A when the show is over. But for now, thank you very much for listening to this. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Greetings, people of Earth. My name is Schmo Brannigan. I have hacked into this RSS feed with a promotional feature for the Wizard Scroll podcast, transcribing in 3, 2, 
one. Hold on, let me unfurl this wizard scroll real quick. Went out of Baba Booey. Nowhere, ten humongous scorpions had surrounded the campsite. Tails outstretched. Hello, welcome to McDonald's. Uh, can I get take your order? As he says, what are you gonna get? I don't know uh, what I want. I'm gonna get the double, uh, triple, uh, lobster. Oh, I'll take one too. Two McLobsters. As if on cue, the camera panned upwards. Directing everyone's attention towards the giant hot air balloon presently taking a pass over the stadium. Holy mother of sassafras, it's Cargo the Destroyer! Leaping into the fray from 420 feet there without a parachute! How are you liking those wizard legs, kids? They're wizard-tastic! Part of a bounce practice. The Wizard Scroll is available on iTunes, Spotify, Audible, and wherever else fine podcasts are found. This concludes today's promotional feature.